Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Drilled to center field and deep. Back out of his seat. To the track. To the wall. It's gone! Kevin Longoria with a two-run home run to straightaway center. And he gives the Rays a 6-4 lead here in the ninth. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, and welcome to our show from Angel Stadium in Anaheim. This afternoon for you, this morning for us, this week we'll hear from Erasmo Ramirez about how his grandmother got him started in baseball. We have special Mother's Day interviews as well with Lindsay Geyer, the wife of Brandon, and Ray Senior Vice President Melanie Lenz, plus a sit-down with Andrew Friedman on his return to Tampa Bay and much, much more. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball, and our feature guest this week is race pitcher Erasmo Ramirez. And Erasmo, this is Mother's Day, so your grandmother was a big part of you starting in baseball. Tell me how that happened. Well, uh, thanks to Grandma, I love baseball. I fell in love with baseball. And that happened just because she just tried to find something for made two kids. She was in care in those days, just uh, don't be running around and doing or breaking stuff in the house. So she just uh, started teaching us about the uh, sports, every sport, because, you know, families before, they just believe um, the men is the only one who can play baseball and, and football, something like that. So she stay, she stay away from those sport. But when she saw us, she said, so she put in the mind like it's gonna be different. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna teach them how to play baseball if they like it good. If you don't, at least I try. And she started with that, it's teaching us a baseball. Was four. My sister was five, and we play against neighbors. And she was kind of like the umpire in those days. She called out, save everything. So everybody respect her, respect her. And even right, even even now. I go back to my neighborhood and I can see a lot of guys who used to play with me when I was four and they still call the same name to my grandma, saying Mita and hold respect to her. And obviously you have a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation because she helped you get so excited about this. Yep, that's true. Just uh, 
I always, I always, uh, like, I'm glad she's still alive too because, you know, and time's going and I'm getting old, she's getting older. And when the time, the time came, I thought everyone had to be ready, but uh, we was always happy to every day to see her. Now, you're far from old, and your uh, your sister, I, th- I thought this was the interesting part, your sister, too, played for many years after it. She started also, and she was pretty good. Yeah, well, I can say yes right now, and I was in second place always. <laughs> uh, she was number one, even pitching and hitting, and I was second place right behind my sister. So I've been always being tall, that if my sister were a man, I was supposed to be the one behind her right now. That's always in Nicaragua. They say, oh, the one who knows my sister, that's always they say because she play harder, she hit harder, she throw harder than me before. And that was always the big point right now. But uh, she just now with uh, with, his kid, with her kid and playing softball sometimes and working. So... It's now change life. Life just changed for both. Did you ever? She ever? Uh, when you go back home in the off season, does she ever want to take swings against you or no? <laughs> uh, well, she she want to, like she want to try it and see how it look like, but I don't think it's gonna happen. That for sure, it's not gonna happen. But uh, it's kind of fun part because she played still sixteen years old with the men's. And she wasn't afraid of nothing. Yeah, the, my mine, my point was way different. I was afraid of ground balls. <laughs> and at 13 years old, I just, everything changed. When uh, I want to play third baseman and shortstop, so the teacher just said, "Okay, you want to play the, that close? You have to really uh, handle some hit in your body and try to stop the ball. Don't let it pass." And that was whole practice about don't let it pass, no matter what. If you can cut it, okay. If done, just put your body and bring it in front of you, in front of you, so you have more chance because you had a good arm. But uh, the kind of things just uh, you learn. You learn when you when you join. You just learning, and was a little bit the hard way, but it worked right now. And then eventually, you were able to get into the academy in El Salvador, and the rest is history, so to speak. You know, we go now to Seattle after here in Anaheim, and you got your chance to get to the big leagues there. Do you still remember much about when you were signed and what it meant to be signed by a major league organization? I still remember everything. Like the September 1st, 2007, because it was something like everybody put the little little point about my high. Always, everybody is uh, so small for sign. You, you got the arm, you got everything, but you need to grow up, be taller for maybe get the opportunity. And Seattle was the only one who said, like, okay, I give you, I give you whatever, but uh, I give you the chance. And that was a big point, just the chance to play professional baseball. And after I signed with Seattle, and my mind just changed. When I was in the minor, everything was about it. Do good, do numbers, and the rest just wait. And they gave me a lot of opportunities and give me the opportunity to to get my debut. Just really, John, with then in 2012, 
but uh, injuries just I never expected to get injured in 2012 or 13 but those kind of things I had to be ready and glad it was no no injury for get a surgery just uh, normal inflammation just be overwork because I was so excited so I overwork every day every day not like right now right now I just work whatever I need to work and I got a routine, I got a plan, always. Don't, no matter if it's restarted or reliever. But I got a, just something to do on mine. But before, it was hard. But how I say, those, those kind of, uh, that kind of steps in my life just helped me to now become the person I am, just a person who don't care who is hitting. You mentioned your, your size. You're so positive and always so happy. Did you ever carry a chip? On your shoulder, I don't know if you know that phrase that I want to show these people little guy can do it. Yeah, and that's always been the struggle because uh, since I, when I signed, I get I, I did my job in Venezuela, but when I get to USA 2010, even with the good numbers, they just they just told me like, hey, just prove what you show the last year. If you prove it, you got a big opportunity to get a good lead, and then. The next year is the same. Okay, you got a great year, but now you got a, a higher level. Now it's double A. Show me what you can do. If you don't do nothing in the mid-season, you go down. So you those kind of stuff, it helped me a lot to prove myself and prove them like, okay, it's not about how high you are. It's just about what kind of job you can do. And the Rays are different, too. I'm sure you know that. They don't worry about height so much. You're not that tall. Steve Geltz, you saw in camp. Jamie Schultz, I mean, they actually like a guy who, they don't need a guy, everyone to be tall. Yeah, now it's different. Like, every team, every team now is different. I've been seeing a lot of guys that are smarter than me and throwing gas, but, you know, not throwing gas, but just they can pitch, just move the ball around the strike zone. And that's been the big point, learn, learn from that. Learn about no need to throw 96 all the time. Even you have it, don't have to bring it every time. You have to learn and just location, and be smart. In April, Kevin Cash said you were the MVP of this team because of all the things you did. What does that mean when you hear that? <laughs> well, it made you happy because that means you're doing part of your job. But are you doing what you're supposed to do? And not just do it, you're just doing it good. <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad they give me the confidence too because I've been, I've been in games in situation I never expect to get in. That's for sure. I've been in the bullpen waiting they call a, a lone, another name instead of mine because i never been in this situation. But when they give me the chance, I just forget about it. And I just try to act like I've always been in that situation. But it's been working. It's been working uh, even my, with the whole teammates and the pitching coaches being there talking to us about it, how are the witnesses, about the hitters, what the strength and everything. So maybe that's been helping a little bit more about the confidence. You're always such, a, I said, a positive person, always smiling. Have you always been that way? And who in your family is like that? Well, that's my father. <laughs> that's my father who likes to be just joking around and talking. But the serious person is my mom. So <laughs> we always try to have fun. Mom, mom tried to become one or like that too. But it's kind of hard. When your whole life has been rough, so it's kind of tough to become a happy person or try to be, a, you know, be doing some jokes. It's kind of hard to show something. But 
my father is for sure is the one is the one who just bring me that 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 part. And then my sister, when we all three together, we just laughing the whole day, just doing crazy stuff. And now we got our nephew, and look like he's coming the same way. <laughs> is this the most fun that you've had playing baseball? After my first season with Seattle, yes, because uh, the first season was like right now. I don't care about what happened around me. I just want to go there and execute. And 13 in 2014 was the learning, learning years about how tough is life, how tough you can become, how how tough you can you can be, or how easy you get in trouble in and out the field if you don't control yourself or control what's around or whatever you say, whatever you do. So now with the team, to after they give me the chance to get three over here, just everything changed. My mindset up to just go come over here, control what's outside the field, and execute inside the field. And who's been most helpful for you in adjusting to the bullpen? Because you've made it a pretty easy transition. No, it looked easy, but it wasn't easy. Because uh, like starter, you need at least like 10 minutes for throwing. And reliever, you need like 8, 10 pitches to be ready. And that was just my teammates. My teammates, every teammate in the bullpen just, you know, give me some, like, recommendation how to do. And I just had to just pick up one and try to do it. If it works, I continue the same. If it don't, doesn't work, I just try to listen and continue doing my routine, try to keep my body healthy and ready every day because you never know when you're going to pitch. So that's just because the teammates and I was a pitching coach always around, just uh, try to warning, hey, this is kind of your situation, give you idea what kind of situation you can get in. So that way, if you see that situation, you start to get ready to that situation. But uh, everyone, everyone been been involved in everything. So that's, that's maybe the reason I use, I cannot say names. I use, I always around everyone. Well, you've been a good teammate to everyone and a great season so far. Thanks for a few minutes. Keep it up. Uh, thank you, you guys. And that's the idea. Just keep doing what we've been doing. That's Erasmo Ramirez on This Week in Rays Baseball. We continue after this on the Rays Baseball Network. We continue on This Week in Rays Baseball. And joining me now, Senior Vice President for Strategy and Development for the Rays, Melanie Lenz. Melanie, first of all, tell us what Mother's Day means to you. Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me, Neil. I appreciate it. So Mother's Day means a lot of chaos in our house. We've got, um, I have a three and a five-year-old, and so it starts out with, you know, a lot of fun, lots of homemade, you know, breakfasts in bed, which are, are lovely, and it's just a lot of chaos. It's a lot of great family fun time and, and just a way to celebrate our family more than anything. Take us back as a kid. What does what did Mother's Day mean to you then, and how has it changed for you now as a mom? Sure. So as a kid, it was really interesting. I grew up. My my aunt um, owned a greenhouse, and so Mother's Day was her biggest day of the year. And so my whole family would get together and work on Mother's Day. We worked the greenhouse. We potted plants. We sold plants. And so we always would celebrate Mother's Day a little later with my own mom. And I'm so lucky. I've got the best mom in the world. She's she's not only a role model in terms of a you know professionally. Um, you know who I, I always hope to be like but also personally she is the, the most supportive mom in the world. 
You mention role models. You would be seen probably as a role model for many who are interested in the game of baseball. You're the highest-ranking woman in the Rays front office and one of the higher-ranking women in the game today. What does that mean to you, and do you see yourself as a role model in that regard? It, it's it's definitely something that I've, I've, I don't want to say come to terms with, but I definitely it's something that um, I didn't truly appreciate um, before, but I certainly do now. I'm in, in that I feel very honored and very privileged to be in the position I am today. And I feel like if I can be at all an inspiration to other young women to, you know, always follow your dreams and never take no as an answer and always push forward and, and think that you can, if you think you can't do it, that's even more reason to try even harder. So it's pretty exciting and, and I feel very humbled. So tell me what inspired you or what engaged you first in the game of baseball when you were a kid. So I loved baseball from the time I was a five-year-old. I was a part of the Pirates Mini League team. Um, My dad loved baseball growing up. My mom loved baseball. We grew up, like I said, big Pittsburgh Pirates fans, and it was just a part of our family, whether it was going to mini league games or I was the only um, you know, girl on my team and I played little league or playing softball. My, we were just, we had just that typical baseball family. And our big treat every year was going and taking a road trip to Pittsburgh to see the Pirates play. So it's always been a big part of my life. So when did you decide you actually wanted to work in the game and how was it you came to work for the race? So it was a fairly circuitous route. I never thought that I would find myself working in baseball, and I'm so lucky. Um, you know, I was, I, my degree, my master's is in urban and regional planning, um, which doesn't exactly scream baseball. But while I was working in New York at the New York City Economic Development Corporation, I was able to work on some baseball-related projects. Getting, I got to know some great people and was, um, through a series of connections, recruited down here to work for the Rays, working on strategy and development projects, including ballpark initiatives. So that gets you to where you are now. What's the greatest challenge uh, in the role that you're in now? Um, I'm not sure that there are true challenges. I just feel like there's a lot of opportunities. And so whether it's making sure that we're doing everything we can to energize our community through the magic of baseball, we're doing everything we can to make the fan experience here at Tropicana Field great for everyone, for not just, you know, the casual fan, but for families and, um, you know, traditional baseball fans, to making sure that we're just being the best team that we can be and the best representative of this incredible region that we can be to everybody across the country. Mentioned that you are a role model, certainly for for many um, who are looking to get into the game of baseball. Were there any in the game currently that have been really good sounding boards or role models for you? Sure. Well, you, in fact, are one of them. I feel like I've learned a lot from you and our broadcasting team. Um, you know, Brian Ald, Matt Silverman, uh, one of my former colleagues, Michael Kalt, where have all been kind of great role models and mentors for me, as well as Stu Sternberg himself. We're so lucky to have an owner that is forward-looking, forward-thinking, and really understands our mission and is also great at, you know, putting people in place to put together a great baseball team. How about other teams? Because, you know, you're all... All 30 teams are different companies, but they're all trying to work toward the same goal, and that's great, the best product in their market that they possibly can. Sure. I think that, you know, across, like we're seeing a lot of, 
um, really innovative things all across baseball. And I think that baseball in general, I just got back from some meetings up in New York, the focus on youth and play and our play ball initiative, really looking toward that next generation of fan and making sure that we're engaging with them, not just on the field, but off the field as well, because that's where our future is. It's it's with these, you know, four, five and six year olds that are now just touching the game of baseball. And man, to get these kids to love baseball is our, is our biggest opportunity in front of us right now. Is it almost easy to relate because you've got three and five-year-olds to really understand the process and understand what might and might not work? Absolutely. And so I'm really lucky. We've got our Raise T-Ball initiative that we do in con- er, um, partnership with Suncoast Credit Union. And um, both of my kids are raised this year. We've got 10,000 kids all across the Tampa Bay area that are in raised you know, shirts and caps and represent our brand in their T-Ball programs. And so to be a part of that, to see it firsthand and to see that these kids are growing up Rays fans, that this is our next generation of fan base. And we're not only outfitting them, but we're put, giving them toolkits to, to learn how to develop, not really as a baseball player, but to develop as a person and, and you know, character principles. It's so cool to be a part of and, and have my kids be a part of it. Give me a feel for, to this point, what's been your best moment with the Rays? Well, it's hard to top the World Series, for sure. That is definitely a best moment. Um, but I think in terms of overall best moment, there's probably, for me, been a series of nine of them, and it's opening days. And there's nothing like coming to the ballpark on opening day when anything and everything is possible. And baseball provides you with that just feeling of excitement and anticipation that there's no other thing that could replace it. With that thought, look forward. What is the best moment that you hope is to come for this organization? I very much look forward to someday having opening day, and I don't know what year yet, at a brand new ballpark somewhere here in Tampa Bay that truly reflects um, the the excitement that there is within this community. We have such a bright future ahead of us, and to be a part of that and to be a part of the design of that is, is something that is almost impossible to put into words. Good luck to the continued work in that area, and enjoy your Mother's Day. Thanks. Appreciate it, Neil. And that is Ray's Senior Vice President for Strategy and Development, Melanie Lenz, the highest-ranking woman in the Ray's front office, a mom of two, and a great story to share on Mother's Day. Now, another great story to share is the heavy lifting and sacrifices that baseball wives make. And there's probably no better example of this than Lindsay Geyer. Lindsay put a tremendous career on hold to start a family with her husband, Brandon Geyer, a standout TV sports anchor and reporter in the D.C. area. Lindsay's now a mom of two. The couple's daughter, Riley, was born just over 16 months ago, and a baby boy named Camden arrived in the middle of spring training. And we sat down this week to discuss how Lindsay Geyer now looks at Mother's Day. It's definitely changed the last couple years, but um, when I think of Mother's Day, I first and foremost think of my mom, who is way more than a mom to me. She's my best friend. I talk to her every day, sometimes twice a day. I call her when I've got little problems, big problems, and... uh, So she's probably the first person I think about. And I guess over the last two years, I think of myself now as a mother having two children now. Um, It's it's pretty special because sometimes when you're in the midst of being a mother, it's hard to step back and say, wow, I made these children, you know, me and my husband and and this is my family and and I'm the one in charge of them, you know. So it's kind of cool to to watch my mom for so many years raise us and then have to turn around and do it myself. So I love it. It's a, it's a happy day for me, and um, I've always wanted to be a mom, so I feel very proud. 
You know, those who work in baseball really know how much heavy lifting the wives do. So tell me, you've had two children, your first two, within a 14-month span. What has that change been like? Um, it's been it's been dramatic. Um, I went from working full-time, living in Maryland, and only seeing Brandon, you know, every couple weeks to catch a couple games, to having this baby. And, and literally, I worked a Redskins game on a Sunday night, finished at like 1130, went to the doctor Monday, and they said, we're having this baby on Tuesday. And so my last day at work was that Sunday night Redskins game. And um, and that was the last time I worked. I told Brandon when we had a, a family, I'd, you know, come down and we'd We'd raise the kids together, and I'd enjoy some baseball for the first time. So um, it's been a dramatic change having Riley and adjusting to having Riley the first season in baseball and trying to travel with him and catch games and then try to do it on my own when he was on the road, and that was pretty tough. And then we welcomed Camden in March in the middle of spring training, which was <laughs> really tough. <laughs> um, but we had a lot of good help with, with my family and, and his dad and stuff. So it's been it's been a huge change, you know, moving and living here, but then having the children on top of it. But it's awesome, and I'm glad that the kids can be a part of this journey too. Before starting the family, you kind of alluded to it. I mean, you were a very accomplished reporter an anchor in the sports industry in a large market like D.C. How much conversation went into the whole planning, and how difficult was it to leave what you had done for quite a while? Yeah, no. You know what? It was it was hard in the beginning, and, and now I'm kind of removed from it, and I'm so much enjoying this mother and wife thing that it's been a little bit easier. But, you know, we'd, we'd tried to have a baby for a couple years before we actually had Riley. And so obviously at those times it wasn't meant to happen. I was probably still meant to be working and, and doing stuff in the industry. So looking back at it now, I'm glad I had those couple years and I didn't, you know, stop working so soon. Um, but you know, there's times I miss it. There's times I miss kind of the grind of, of being on television and stuff like that. But you know, I'm, I'm used to it now, and I leave the door open for one day returning, you know, once the kids have grown up and, and maybe when, when baseball's done, which hopefully is many, many years down the road. How has motherhood changed you? How has it changed me? Hmm. I have a much greater appreciation for my mother. <laughs> I see myself becoming my mother sometimes. Um, I think it's made me uh, lose some sleep, worry a little bit more, but it's made me happier because, you know, I think when you're a mom you worry about every little thing and, and there's so many things you want your kids to be healthy you want them to be kind you want them to you know be good with other people and there's so many things that I wish for my children and that I pray on every night and so I think I've got a little bit more worry in my life in that sense but I want them to just be happy and and really enjoy this ride and so I think it's just made me a better person with patience and I'm enjoying little things more my daughter gets a kick out of birds and fish and just little things and seeing life through her eyes is is pretty amazing you kind of lose sight of that when you get older how different for you is broadcasting versus motherhood and what's the same in terms of what you do well shoot in broadcasting you had a really strict schedule that you had to stick to um you kind of had to make quick adjustments on the fly and i guess as a mom you do that I try to stick to my nap schedules. I really do. I'm trying to do that, but uh, that's not always easy. I think um, with television, it was it was a, a really quick high for, you know, three minutes of your show or two minutes of your live shot, and then you kind of came down from that. And I think as a mom, you're just kind of always on this high of, of, you know, what's next? What are we going to do? We got to come up with stuff to do. So um, 
similar but different. I think motherhood's a, a little bit more stressful in some ways. How has fatherhood changed Brandon and changed your lives? He was meant to be a father. I mean, he was meant to be a baseball player um, for obvious reasons, but he, you know, not many people know Brandon, you know, outside of seeing him on television and stuff, and he has the kindest heart, and he's such a, a gentle soul. He would probably kill me for saying that because, you know, he's a tough guy. Um, but he he wakes up every morning, and his interactions with the kids, like, I just can never get over it. I knew he would be a good father because he's always been a good man to me and been a good husband and a good son and friend. Um, but I think it's just taken it to a whole nother level. And he feels like every time I go out there and, and I'm playing in a game or I'm pinch hitting or anything, I'm, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my wife and my children. And I think that that kind of, you know, I think it, in a way it takes the pressure off him a little bit because he just he doesn't want to try too hard to, to do stuff for us. He just wants it to happen. And during the course of the season, there obviously is a lot of, a lot of travel, mm-hmm. a lot of which you can't make. How helpful and supportive are the other wives, girlfriends, and, and how important is that group to you? Yeah, we have an awesome group of women. We did last year, which was my first year kind of transitioning to this. And um, this year, I mean, the women are spectacular. We, we either, if we're not traveling together to the games and stuff like that on the road, we'll get together and do a brunch or, you know, do a lunch here and there. And a bunch of us have kids that are all around the same age. So we'll get together for play dates and stuff. And, um, you know, these are women who go through everything you go through. So when the guys leave for road trips, I'm not the only one crying. You know, Anna Boxberger might be crying and, you know, um, Christy Morrison might be crying. So, you know, it's kind of funny to think of these, of these women because, you know, you have this really great life in baseball. You're afforded these wonderful things. Um, but it's really hard, too, especially when the guys are gone. So if you didn't have that group of women to kind of say, hey, I, I'm feeling this kind of way, and how do you feel about this? You know, we all feel the same way about things. And that is Lindsay Geyer, and we certainly wish her and all the moms associated with the race, especially my wife, Sari, back in Florida with our kids, a very happy Mother's Day. Now, this coming Saturday and Sunday, the Rays have a full slate of events designed to promote the game to kids. When we return, we'll provide details. Plus, you'll hear from Andrew Friedman on his return to Tropicana Field. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on Mother's Day from Anaheim, California. And this is the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solans on this Mother's Day from Anaheim, California. Now, next weekend, the Rays are hosting special events to promote play or promoting a lifetime of activity for youth. It's an important initiative that comes from the commissioner's office, and a lot of it is directed in part by USA Baseball. Chief Development Officer for USA Baseball, Rick Riccobono, let me know a bit about how this program works. What the goal is of, of play ball is to get more kids out, uh, experiencing the game, having a positive experience in baseball, and just really growing uh, our player base, our coaching base, and uh, really re-engaging with fans across the country. Uh, USA Baseball has specifically uh, got a focus on the educational front, as you mentioned. Uh, we've got a lot of great things we're doing, uh, both, with again, with MLB and their, their clubs, and uh, offering different types of online educational resources. We've got a mobile app and a lot of just other, other great pieces of information that are completely free for users. Uh, again, just trying to support people in their quest to have a, a good time within the sport. And certainly part of that also is creating hands-on events as well, which is the event that's going to be coming up at the ballpark the weekend of May 14th and 15th. Um, how important are these events to coincide or go along with some of the things you're doing in terms of the online teaching tools? Well, they're critical, really. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, they, they really 
give young kids and parents something to uh, to touch and to feel and, and to have that experience with. And, you know, for kids, there's something to dream about and aspire to in terms of maybe one day getting a chance to play uh, in that uniform. So, you know, to see the Rays activating in the community like this, I think it's fantastic. They're clearly um, a leader within the amateur baseball community in the greater Tampa area. And, uh, you know, to all open the doors in the way they are and, and make staff available and, and, and just really get out and be a part and be immersed in the community. Um, it speaks volumes to their commitment, not only to the sport as a whole, but uh, to the area for which they serve. And, and overall, in terms of these types of events, how often are, are, is USA Baseball working with clubs to put these on? Is, it, is every club doing this now? Yeah, I think, you know, the majority of clubs are going to uh, put on some kind of play ball activation, um, I believe, prior to the All-Star game. USA Baseball, we, we want to support the clubs in any way that we can. So we really see this as an opportunity to uh, support and be supplemental in what the Rays are trying to do. The Rays obviously are out front and are the ones really hosting it and, and driving this within, uh, within the area there, as other clubs will do in their own marketplaces for our part. If we can support, if we can provide educational resources, um, we're doing a lot of that, uh, both at the club level and as well as uh, at some of the MLG, MLB uh, dual events, like the All-Star Game, uh, like winter meetings and some other exposures. And, and what should, uh, if fans are interested in finding more about some of the play ball initiatives that are being worked on and are looking for some of these educational tools, where do they go? Yeah, well, great question. Primarily, playball.org is the website that hosts uh, the larger playball initiatives. A lot of great uh, fun facts and videos and really kind of quick-hitting, uh, interesting tidbits about favorite players and things like that. There's also a resources click-through uh, there that will drive you to resources developed and uh, hosted by USA Baseball. Again, everything that's being offered in this space uh, by the league and by USA is, is free of charge for folks. And, you know, for us, it's it's just a good of the game initiative and something where we feel like uh, people that want this kind of great information should just be able to get out there and grab it. And uh, playball.org is, is the place to start. And that's Rick Riccobono, Chief Development Officer for USA Baseball on the Playball Initiative. The Rays, meanwhile, have a free fitness seminar for kids ages 11 to 16 on Saturday, May 14th, and it runs from 9 to 11 a.m. at Tropicana Field. The Rays training staff will run it, and all participants receive one ticket to be redeemed for a future game. You can call 727-342-5706. That's 727-342-5706 to reserve your spot now if space is limited. The Rays' Logan Forsythe, who sits on the Taylor Hooten Foundation Advisory Board, which promotes playing the game drug-free, is part of that event on May 14th. You know, I was excited to be nominated to be the, the team guy for the Taylor Hooten Foundation this year. Um, I mean, the message is clear as day across the shirt, all me, PED free. Um, and the reason I'm excited about it is because you're able to kind of introduce um, the exercise and the diet and the nutrition and um, the healthy lifestyle of kids at a young age. Um, I talked to Ron, and we get anywhere between like 50 to 100 kids. He said one year they had close to 200 kids out there. And it's just it's fun to get kids involved as early as they can, you know, and I mean, a lot of them aren't going to take it, but they're going to, you know, hear the information at least, and they're going to hear it from, you know, people that might influence them a little bit, might be a role model for them, and that's, I think, big in a child's life, so I'm just honored to be a part of it, um, try to share some experiences that I've had um, with the benefits of eating right, nutrition, and, you know, taking care of your body, 
and um, you know, hopefully, I can reach a couple kids. And hopefully, also, I guess, encourage them how fun this game is, regardless of you know when yes. you're doing it the right way. Yeah, any any sport they get into, any activity, it's it's about the camaraderie of like your teammates and you know to always have fun I mean there's going to be a time where you know winning is a thing but I mean to keep kids involved they got to realize you know what a team is and how to you know play for each other and play hard play the game the right way the race Logan Forsyth on Saturday's free fitness seminar at Tropicana Field now next weekend to further promote the game to kids there's an equipment drive that will help the Tampa RBI program and I asked their vice president Monica Moffitt how this drive will help. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. The It's a great cost that we're not going to have to endure because of the raise. And I think it's going to be a win-win because not only do Tampa RBI benefit from the equipment, the leagues that participate in the in Tampa RBI benefit from the equipment as well. So with that being said, the Little League will will benefit from it. The Pony League will benefit from it. So it's, it's just a great opportunity. What does it mean to the kids? Wow. Well, to think that it's coming from the Rays, and, you know, it's, it's a big deal to them because, you know, anything that the Rays name is attached to, you know, with kids in general, you know, it's, it's always smiles on their faces. And obviously you've been part of the RBI program for a while. So, I mean. Yeah, about how- 15 years. Give me an idea, I mean, how many kids this benefits on an annual basis and and, uh, the impact it has? On an annual basis, it probably will benefit uh, roughly 450 to 500 kids. And um, the impact that it's going to have is because a lot of kids don't have equipment. They don't, you know, they don't get the opportunity to have new stuff. They don't get the opportunity to have their own stuff. So, so with this equipment drive, you know, they'll get the opportunity to have their own. And when you have, you know, when you give a kid their own equipment, you know, that's just like, that's just like an extra Christmas gift for a kid, especially when they're, when their parents can't afford it. And, um, you know, it's just, this is, it's just a great opportunity for the kids to, to, to know that now they have their own. And that's Monica Moffitt of the Tampa RBI program, and we hope that you're going to donate equipment this coming Saturday and Sunday at Gates 1 and 5 to benefit the Tampa RBI program and others. Now, this past week at Tropicana Field was pretty special because it included the return of Carl Crawford, J.P. Howell, big part of the 08 World Series team, as well as the architect, Andrew Friedman. Now, Joe, J.P. and I reflected on being part of this franchise's turnaround. I just remember, I remember starting in 07 of uh, September. I mean, it was um, one of those things where I think we, we, we won a lot of games in the second half of 07, and we all kind of knew going into that offseason, um, we're probably preparing for October, you know, this offseason. This might be the first time um, where you look, you know, you looked at it differently. Going into the offseason, it was more you're trying to make a team usually, or, you know, you're trying to, to find your niche, or, and this time it was we got to prepare to to go all the way through October, which is an extra month, obviously. And um, and uh, for a lot of us, it was uh, you know no one believed it. You've been to the playoffs multiple times with the Dodgers since. Were these still some of your most enjoyable years? Hands down. I mean, hands down. I mean, LA is a great thing, and, and, and but but there's something about uh, when you have a magical season. Um, it's just nothing can, can can trump that. It's just uh, you know. To the, to the way the team chemistry was, <clears throat> from the clubbies to the staff to the players to the front office, all the way down, 
it truly felt like a family, and it was um, something you, it'll never be um, replaced, or you can't ever take that away from us. We all have that. We know what that feeling is, and uh, it's, I think that's a championship feeling. Beyond the fact that Carl Crawford and Scott Kazmir are on your Dodgers team, who do you still stay in touch with? Definitely Long Longy, um, Tatan, the, the bullpen catcher. I mean, uh, Hickey, all anyone. I mean, the clubbies, <clears throat> Beans. I talk to all those guys still, man. They, uh, we stay in touch and. Um, you know, it's like one of those things where you don't talk for a year and you get a text. It's like, you know, you've been talking all year. So it's just, uh, that'll never change. And um, coming back here, it's my first time back. I, you know, it feels like home. And to be reunited with Andrew, what's that been like? Awesome. I mean, you know, just uh, having the confidence, you know, and he's going to put um, some baseball players on the field, you know, some competitors, guys that want to play baseball. So um, he always uh, provides the team with uh, a lot of fun characters that, that are uh, grinders. And um, that's something I'd really like to be part of. That is J.P. Howe, left-handed reliever, certainly one of the great characters and quality clubhouse guys in the course of race history. Now, Carl Crawford, also now a member of the Dodgers, says being with the Rays was really the most fun he's ever been a part of. Definitely the most fun. You know, uh, I mean, L.A. is pretty nice, too. Uh, it has some fun out, too, and we go to the playoffs. But it's, it's nothing like uh, when I was here with the Rays, just because, you know, um, you know, um, Joe, Joe Madden's real special in a way to where he made things so much fun for us and the atmosphere is real light, you know, and, uh, and being young helps too when the whole team is <laughs> like under 26 years old. So, you know, it was just, uh, we, that's where I grew up at. So, you know, it's obviously going to be more fun for me. Is it kind of strange being back together with Andrew Friedman? Well, yeah, I mean, I really, you know, just like, like we just linked back up, you know, um, Separated for a little bit, link back up. You know, it's way it is. Sometimes things come come back around, and uh, when you least expect it, you know, uh, I didn't I didn't think he'd be uh, working over there in L.A. and and he is. So I didn't think I'd be over there. So I'm over there. So it's all the same. <laughs> what are some other things that stick out in your race career? You know, going to the playoffs was the first time. Every every time we went to the playoffs, those times stuck out. But you know. Uh, even though when we was losing 100 games, being around Lou Pinella, that was <laughs> definitely a learning experience for uh, for me. Uh, I think that uh, playing for Lou early on in those days really kind of helped mold uh, and become helped me become the player that I was early on. As far as uh, playing hard every day and just bringing that 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 bulldog mentality to the game. That is one call Crawford, really the first star in Tampa Bay Rays history, a four-time All-Star with the Rays reminiscing on his time in this organization. Now, the Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, spent the better part of a decade with Tampa Bay. He had the chance to get together with plenty of colleagues and friends this past week, and we discussed what the two-day get-together was like. Um, it's been great. I mean, I, I, it's something that uh, you know has been weighing on me for you know, probably a month leading up to it, just all the different things and the emotions. And um, but a few days before, yeah, I just had the mindset of, I'm going to come here and have fun, and just being able to see, you know, people I haven't seen in a while, and um, you know, to walk into the trop. And I mean, it was incredible watching a game, and even the confusion of like Longo getting a hit, and like I'm so programmed to watch that and have a positive reaction to it, and to not was a weird sensation. Um, 
but this place will always be incredibly special to me. The relationships, um, you know, two of my kids were born here. I mean, it's just something that will always uh, have a really special place in my heart. What do you miss most about it? Um, I think the relationships. You know, it's you know basically from 27 years old until 38. Um, you know, I was a part of this organization. Um, you know, working with a lot of the same people for you know close you know close to a decade, um, and watching you know colleagues and that became friends and them have kids and you know just all the time, effort, and sacrifice that we put in and uh, the successes um, and even the failures. I mean, it's something that you know that dynamic uh, was something that you know. I couldn't ever have dreamed of it being as special, as unique as it was. Um, so that, that's the thing I look back on most fondly. What is your relationship now with Matt and also with Stu? And how difficult is it to talk with Matt on a friendly basis when you're also competing against one another? Um, it's still a really, really strong relationship. I mean, I think that's the benefit of... You know, having done it together for so long is, you know, it transcended, you know, being colleagues. And so, you know, we still talk often. Um, and it's actually helpful to have a sounding board. And I think he uses me as a sounding board. I'll use him as a sounding board on various things that are going on. Um, and so, I mean, I would say as much as possible, um, you know, the relationship is every bit as strong as it was. Um, it's a little strange being, you know, here competing against, uh, you know, the Rays, him. Um, but I think we knew it would be and just kind of going with it. How challenging or how difficult and different is your challenge now than what you had here in Tampa Bay? Um, it's certainly different, um, but, you know, my longstanding comment about the challenges that we faced here with the Rays was that every market has its own unique challenges, and I still believe that. Um, you know, every market has its own challenges that it must confront and figure out how to, you know, operate within. Um, so while different, it's still challenging, it's still very uh, invigorating to just kind of reprogram my mind. Uh, in terms of how to think and you know I'd gotten to a point you know with such a great group of people that I was working with you know the systems that were in place the processes that were in place and basically threw myself in the deep end and said okay refigure it out um, you know with a little different you know with a different set of, of variables and how to construct a roster and how to you know, kind of balance the now versus the future, which, you know, there is a slight difference in terms of how to do that. Um, I'm still learning. Um, it's still something that, you know, I think a year from now I'm going to be better than I am today. Um, but, you know, it's been something that has really been invigorating for me. Two things that from the outside look very different, and you're not one who enjoys media attention, but it's a lot different in the L.A. market. And also, your staff has a whole lot more people than the Rays. How different are those challenges, and are they bigger than maybe you anticipated before you got there? 
Um, no, I mean, I think there's definitely more noise from a media perspective, but it really doesn't affect me um, in that I place a tremendous amount of expectations on myself. Um, I love the passion that the Dodgers fans have for the team. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, I kind of knew would be part of the territory. Uh, I think it's been more of an adjustment for my wife and my mom. Um, but, you know, something that I kind of expected. As far as the, as the staff, I mean, I think it's something that, you know, we wanted to, uh, you know, as quickly as we possibly could. Um, you know, you look at all the various um, departments within a baseball operations team, and we wanted to be as good as we could possibly be as quickly as we could possibly get there. You know, we didn't necessarily have, you know, the benefit of time. And a lot of what we were able to accomplish with the Rays, you know, just kind of happened organically over time that, you know, didn't necessarily feel we had the time to be able to do. Um, so, I mean, we do have, you know, a number of people who used to be in high-profile positions. I think the one common denominator is that we're all approaching it with no ego. And so it's just trying to figure out how to get there as quickly as we can possibly get there, which has made it much more of a story from the outside than it is actual on the day-to-day. Because you had a small, a fairly small inner circle, and to have that many voices sometimes can be difficult to get people on the same page at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, that being said, I like when there's disagreement. You know, I think if we're all thinking the exact same way, um, it's a very dangerous thing. So I like when we're in meetings and having discussions where there's a lot of heated debate uh, and back and forth. And so, you know, we certainly have that. Um, And at the end of the day, it's my job to kind of balance all of those things and, you know, synthesize that information. And, you know, for the most part, we're on the same page in terms of what to do. But there's times where we're not. And I think, you know, going through it in great detail and having as much information at our disposal as we can is what leads to making more good decisions than bad. And that's Andrew Freeman, a big part of the changing of the culture with the Rays organization, and we wish him certainly best of success going forward with the Dodgers. Special thanks to each of our guests today. Andrew Friedman, former Rays, Carl Crawford, and J.P. Hall, now with L.A. Erasmo Ramirez, our feature guest on this program, Senior Vice President of the Rays, Melanie Lenz, Lindsey Geyer, as well as Logan Forsyth, Rick Riccobono of USA Baseball, and also Monica Moffitt. And special thanks to our on-site engineer, Mike Noto, and our producer, Trey Downey. Hey, Duke Energy is proud to support the Rays and Tampa Bay Area veterans. For every game the Rays win, Duke Energy donates $1,000 to area agencies working to support our veterans. Duke Energy powering Florida with more than just energy. They're supporting our veterans and our local charities, too. And, of course, happy Mother's Day to everybody listening, starting with my wife, Sari, taking care of our kids back at home, Emily and Abby, my mom, Linda, and my sister, Debbie, enjoying her first Mother's Day and also my mother-in-law, Rosella. Of course, if you ever have something you like to hear on our, on our show, all you have to do is tweet me, at Neil Solons. That's all one word. Now, next week on our program, we'll have Charlie Montoyo, the Rays' third base coach. Plus, we'll hear from X-Rays, now with Seattle, reliever Joel Peralta and Nathan Carnes, among plenty of others. Rays looking for a sweep on this Mother's Day. It'll be a special one for Matt Andres' family. His mom, Lynn, is watching him for the first time in person in a major league ballpark. 
Again, happy Mother's Day. Thanks for joining us. This is This Week in Race Baseball on the Race Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.